Hi everyone, welcome to the Reitzel Brothers Podcast. I'm Matt. And I'm Curtis. We are the co-hosts of this podcast. We are investor-focused realtors working with our clients to help them build massive wealth in real estate. This is a place where we talk about real estate investing, wealth, and giving back. Make sure to check us out on YouTube and join our private real estate investor group on Facebook called the Tri-City Real Estate Investor Club. Links are in the description. Enjoy this episode. Excellent. Okay. So now we're standing out back at the property here um, with Kyle Ford. And I just want to ask you, I guess, like, who is Kyle Ford? How did you get started with investing in real estate? Just give us a little bit of your backstory. Okay. I got started about five years ago. Uh, got my first pre-construction condo. Uh, that's what I was told what you should do. Uh, buy something before it's built. I uh, didn't oh. do a whole lot of due diligence on that, but got into it. It ended up turning out okay. But I realized it didn't really suit my investment uh, profile. Um, that's something that I think a little bit more affluent people should be doing, and I was just getting started. I was trying to build mm. on capital. Uh, so very quickly, uh, I got into uh, multifamily. Uh, tr- purpose-built triplexes that were underperforming. Mm. Uh, low market rents, uh, building condition not, not, very, not very good. Going in, fixing up the property, and driving up the market rents. So I did that with uh, smaller multi-unit pro- pro- properties, and now I've got into the bigger stuff like you see here. So how, how quickly did you get into... Um, that type of strategy with improving units that with the triplexes. Um, so the, after I bought the pre-construction condo, it was about two years before I really, you know, realized that, that real estate investing was something that I wanted to do for a career. Um, mm. So I got some education about how that works. So it was about two years until I got into the triplexes, and I've done the triplexes now for uh, two or three years uh, of the little bit smaller multifamily before I've leveled up into the bigger stuff. Excellent. Okay, and. So when, when did you buy this place then? So this was purchased January 4th, 2019. So about 2019, six months ago. About six months ago. And was the property vacant or were there, were there some tenants in there? It was occupied. It was occupied, occupied. when we bought it. We got uh, nine of the 10 units were occupied, one vacant unit on purchase. Uh, and the other unit was vacated about three weeks after we purchased. And now the building is obviously completely vacant. So maybe um, just... Uh, a brief overview, how did you go about um, getting the building to this vacant position where now you can totally turn every single unit? Right, so uh, it, it's a process. So in, in Ontario, the, the laws are, uh, you can't just go in and kick everybody out and renovate the unit. Uh, there is a, a form that says you're allowed to do major renovations uh, when the building is in need. Uh, we had okay. engineering reports, we had home inspection reports that said the building was in major need. Uh, the downside to, to the, using that form is the tenants come back, come back, can come back at the same market rents. Uh-huh. Uh, because we did a cash negotiation with every single tenant, we've signed a release so they are, will mm. not be coming back at those rents. So uh, it took about four, four, four and a half months to fully vacate the building uh, and it cost a substantial amount of money to, to buy everybody out. Uh, we had to give everybody three months of free, mar- free rent uh, as well as some cash compensation to sign the mutual release. Okay, excellent. Now, just to for for somebody watching, just thinking about numbers here, you're doing cash for keys for yep. the tenants. Roughly, how much are you paying these tenants? Oh, like, uh, if you don't mind sharing, well, just to get a ballpark. Ballpark. It was, it, the total cost was about four months worth of their rent. Okay. So that's about approximately four thousand dollars per unit. And I mean, the the thing that I like about that is it's it's all above board. It's totally legal. It's honest and ethical. Everybody feels like they're getting a win win because obviously everybody's signing a mutual agreement yeah. to end their tenancy, right? Yeah. Okay. One hundred percent. 
Uh, I really like it. So talk to us a bit about the numbers, just uh, like talking about purchase price, what you think it might be worth um, at the end, and then, you know, renovation costs. During. Yep. So uh, the purchase price was 1.3. Uh, as I mentioned, I have private financing on this deal that they're funding the purchase price as well as the renovations. So in interest in fees on this deal, I'm paying $350,000, which wow. seems like an astronomical amount of number. But as I continue here, that the, the 1.3 they lent me, as well as the $500,000 for renovations, so a total loan of 1.8 that they've lent me for this project, that equates to an after repair value of somewhere around the $3 million mark. Uh, that, wow. that value is coming from a cap rate uh, we're using a, approximately a 5% cap rate to come up with that value. So you're talking 1.3 to purchase. Yep. And you're thinking about a potential value of 3 mil. 3 million. 3 million on the back end. On the back end, yeah. So well, well worth it to pay those, the, the fees to borrow. Yeah. The deal didn't exist without those, feel, without those fees and interest. Mm. I didn't have the capital to put 30, 35% down. I didn't have the capital to carry it on a monthly basis, serving servicing that debt with a conventional mortgage. Right. So doing that type of financing was the only way a deal like this existed. Interesting. So what what made you think like that? Like wh- how how did your brain think? Okay, I'm just gonna find a guy that's gonna put all the cash in. Like at, at what point did that cross your mind? I guess I, I I'm much less concerned with cost and more, most concerned with profit. At the end of the day, the profit is the profit. The cost is is what it is. If if I can't do a deal, a hundred percent of nothing, a hundred percent of zero is zero. Right. Right. So if I didn't have the capital to do this deal, there's no profit. If I pay those interest and fees, and I'm able to generate a six, seven figure potential profit on this deal, the cost to me is really irrelevant. Mm. Okay. Now, if I could do it without paying three hundred fifty thousand dollars in fees. Maybe someday, but as yeah. of now, if I need to do every deal like this, I'm happy to. Absolutely. And what are you expecting rents to be then once you once you're complete the renovations? So the average rent in this building was $1,000 inclusive before. We're targeting between eighteen and 1900 plus utilities after, after the repair. So we're going to wow. be, the, the, the NOI, the net operating income on this property, was just under 50000 when we purchased it. Uh, we're expecting it to be close to 150000 when we're complete. So adding $100,000 right to the bottom line of the NOI. And how are the utilities set up here? Are all tenants gonna be, are they separate? Separate hydro, separate uh, separate gas. So we will be paying water. Okay, that's fair, that's fair. I'm just thinking, was there any other great questions on that end or maybe we switch it up now, Kurt, and go inside? Yeah, no, I think, um, I think we can touch on the financing bit because I know that was what I was thinking of covering with him. Mm. But um, I know it got brought up got brought up recently and just the the fact of I really like how you mentioned that the cost is it it matters and it doesn't Mm -hmm. it's kind of irrelevant because if you're going to make a million dollars in profit or you're going to make x amount in equity or whatever the case is paying that fee it's almost irrelevant so I think if you can maybe touch on um with Matt like asking like um on the private financing side how would an investor go about finding that kind of person where Mm. do you like, how do you find that person in your network? How do you market to that person to help scale? Yeah. Sort of thing. And so I want to talk about because that's sweet. That's amazing. So, yeah, on the private financing side of things, like, how does one go about finding that person who is going to finance your deals? Like, how did you stumble upon that? Well, I'll tell you what. It's not Bubba in the back alley. A lot of people think when they hear private financing, they think you're dealing with, you know, some oh. loan shark, something right. like that. It's not the case. I like to always say it's Bob and Mary homeowner. 
you know, they've owned their house in a nice area of town for a lot of years. They have some equity. They've been good Canadians. Mm. They've been putting money in their RRSP. And they are maybe not so happy with the rates of return there. Uh, they're interested in investing in real estate, but haven't had the time or the energy to, to actually physically mm. do it. And if they're willing to get a great return on their money, uh, secured against an asset, that's a, a much better investment than they're likely currently doing. So the answer to that question is that they're all around you. Uh, you got to put yourself out there. You got to tell people what you do and what you're looking for. And when people, uh, and you'll be surprised, it's, it might be people very close to you in your network. It might be somebody that you never even expected is who happens to have a million dollars in their RRSP. Mm. They, you know, they drive a Honda Accord. They live in a nice neighborhood, but they've right. been squirreling money away since they were 18 years old, and they're not happy with the rate of return. So the the, the funding that I got out of this deal was all out of RRSP. One person. Had a registered retired fu- retirement account um, with close to two million dollars in that account between him and his spouse, uh, and that's where the funding came from for this deal. So then, how did you stumble across that person? Were you just out there like making calls, or you're just talking to your friend group, or where is that coming from? It was a referral from my I, I call them my power team. Mm-hmm. So uh, one of my one of my uh, my lawyer uh, is somebody that oh, I, nice. I deal with on a regular basis. Uh, he's he referred this person to me because my lawyer had seen what I had done several times uh, on these transactions, how I've been able to drive out property values, exit at a, at a good profit margin. So he referred this person to me uh, as a, somebody that could be a good, a good fit, get a better return in their retirement account, as well as uh, help fund me in these deals. Excellent. So, yeah. Okay, perfect.